bias. We're all a little biased against something, right? Maybe it's a favorite beer. Maybe it's a favorite restaurant. Maybe it's a favorite horror movie. Guys, today we're going to talk about Insidious. Yeah, that Insidious from James Wan, 2010. Uh, and we're going to do a fun little uh, experiment here that I, I uh, drew up. And with the assistance from my lovely wife, uh, mother of my child-to-be, uh, we're going to do a blind taste test between three of uh, Pittsburgh's heavy haze hitters, hazy IPAs uh, for all you guys out there. And uh, without further ado, we're going to get going. Here we go. Here's Johnny. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horrors Podcast. I'm John, as always. Check us out on Instagram, Little Hops of Horrors Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Little Hops of Horrors Podcast. You get the point. Right, <laughs> we're on all that stuff right now. Uh, not as active on Facebook as we are on Instagram, but uh, we are on all major platforms. By that I mean three. We're on Spotify, which is the one I promote the most. We are on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast as well. Uh, please like, share, whatever anybody you think would like this. You know, send it to them. This is fun. It's fun for me. Uh, either way, we're going to keep going. You know, this is a good time. Uh, thank you for the continued support from everybody. Uh, really having a good time here. Uh, donations are cool uh, from beer donations, not money. <laughs> um, we've been getting some cool beers in from some friends to try for the uh, upcoming episode. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, but anyway, that's not what you're here for, right? You guys are here to uh, to listen to to some reviews on some beers and uh, in this horror movie that we're about to talk about. So today we're going to do a little region-specific uh, beer review, right? We're going to do some stuff out of Pittsburgh. We're doing Lustra from Dancing Gnome, okay? Uh, DG is one of the heavy hit. Well, all three of these guys, honestly, are heavy hitters in, in Pennsylvania, not just Pittsburgh. Uh, this this whole uh, you know we we got a good we got a good group here that we're gonna we're gonna put up against one another. And I have what I think is my favorite. In this group, and I will find out at the end. Um, my wife poured these into glasses and then marked them down in the kitchen as to what they were. So we're gonna, you know, I have, uh, I have my Aslan glass. I have my, uh, I have my Green Man glass that may or may not have been uh, taken from the brewery, and then I have a custom glass that has my name on it because I'm an idiot. We got Lustre from Dancing though. It's sitting at 4.02 on untapped. It's a 5.8% pale ale, right? Nice, easy drinker, delicious. It's a, it, the, these are the flagships that we're drinking from all these, these breweries today. So uh, these will all be readily available um, in any, any brewery, uh, any of these breweries, not any brewery, <laughs> uh, any beer store, you know, uh, reputable beer store, you know, that sells local craft beer and stuff. Uh, second beer, Bane of Existence, Hitchhiker. 3.96 on untapped and 6.6%. So a little heavier than, than old Lustra. And last but not least, General Braddock's from Brew Gentlemen. Yeah, it's one of the beers that put Pittsburgh on the map for sure in this uh, craft beer local revolution thing that we had going on here. It's sitting at uh, a very Pittsburgh-friendly untapped rating, 4.12. Uh, and it's a 6.8% beer. So I'm just going to take a little sip of all these kind of throughout the episode. Um, 
And as we talk about the movie, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, Insidious by James Wan, right? This guy's like a modern horror fucking rock star. I mean, The Conjuring, you got this. Um, he did other, he did. <laughs> He's done other stuff that I can't recall right now. But uh he did like malignant, uh saw, right? These these are these are these are, you know, iconic, you know, modern horror films. Um, so, and it's also PG 13 and I was kind of, I, I had to double check and look this up because it doesn't feel like it. And it's kind of refreshing because it's so easy to get turned off by, uh, by that rating as a horror fan, right? You want the gore, you want that, that, um, chance of maybe extreme, maybe you're going to get that one over the top kill or just like extra violence or, you know, I, I guess terror. I remember when I was a kid, there was like five things that would ever be on like a rating, you know, it'd be like violence, sexual content, language. That's it. (laughs) It was like those three things. And if they put them all in the same thing, it was like rated R. Now it's like terror. Terror is considered like, how the fuck do you measure terror? Um, but that's, yeah. So, you know, the metrics have changed obviously. Um, insidious 20 you know 2010 rotten tomatoes has it at 66 which is a fucking that's bullshit but google users got my back at 88 percent, so i feel good about that uh this personally for me is a nine and a half out of ten there's a couple things we'll talk about later in the movie as to why it's not exactly a 10 out of 10 but this is as good as it gets and it still creeped me the fuck out this time (laughs) so um all right we're gonna do we're gonna do these beers here real quick and uh, just do a sip of each real, here real quick and just see, you know, maybe if anything jumps out to me, they're all great beers, right? I've had these 10 times over each time, but not enough that I, I don't think I'll be able to pick out which one's which. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to do the, the Johnny glass. We're going to see how that goes. It's good. It's really good. Uh, very approachable, easy to drink, citrusy, kind of almost like dry melony, like like cantaloupe kind of kind of profile that I'm getting there. Uh, we're gonna do the Aslan uh, class that I have. Let's see what that is. That's a little more bitter um, than the other one, uh, but not as melony, more citrusy. Not sure which one's my favorite so far. I would say the Johnny Glass is is over the Aslan Glass. Aslan Glass, uh, Aslan Glass here. Um, that's the fun of a beer podcast: is you can trip over your words and uh, people can't judge you for it, or you do, and I don't care. But uh, this is my fun, not yours. So we're going to do the last uh, last glass here. Okay, um, the Johnny Glass is my favorite. That's my favorite. Uh, whatever one that one is, uh, we'll talk about it at the end. I'm going to set it aside, and uh, I will do the results. I actually, I will pause because I remember I have a pause button. Fuck yeah. So I can go hit pause, and then I can come back and tell you guys because I know you're going to want to know, or I can just tell you now. Maybe I'll go tell you now. All right, let, let's figure out. Um, look, if you're not into the beer thing and you're just here for the horror movies, skip forward like fucking three minutes, right? Because uh, we're at almost eight minutes now, and we've just talked about beer and barely about horror, so we're gonna go between this uh, this Aslan beer 
well, the Aslan glass and the uh, Green Man glass. This would have been more fun probably with like one other person, but um, everybody's schedules are so crazy now and it's hard to get together and and coordinate doing like a four or five very select beer share and then everything, you know, life happens, man. It's just, it's tough to do. So I figured, fuck it, I'll do it on my own. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go hit pause and I'll be right back. I'm not going to go and hit pause. I'm just going to hit pause. I'm going to get the results. I'll be right back and I will share with you my thoughts. Yeah. And that's why we, uh, that's why we do the blind taste test. Holy shit. I was a little surprised at how the rankings went. So for those of you that actually give a shit, uh, my rankings went as such, um, my favorite of the three out of Lustra Bane of Existence and General Braddock's General Braddock's one, right? That was my favorite. Uh, number two was Bane of Existence and three was Lustra. So again, none of these are bad. They're all fucking fantastic. We are so spoiled here in the Pittsburgh, uh, seen to have such great beer, uh, but also an exceptional hazy IPA, uh, scene that rivals, you know, any other city. And I'm very confident in saying that because I have been to a lot of cities and I've had a lot of IPAs. I'll tell you one thing. Florida has shit IPAs, at least from what I've experienced. Uh, I, I would take down, you know, dancing them or hitchhiker or, you know, whatever, uh, down to Florida to go visit my parents when they lived down there. And people were just like, what is this? Like they'd never had a good IPA before. And it's crazy because they have some really great breweries down there, but just for some reason, any, you know, hazy that I had down there just, you know, missed the mark. Maybe it's, maybe it's a weather thing. I don't know. But, uh, regardless, now that we got the, uh, the old rating out of the way, I can just sip on these, you know, throughout the episode and we can talk about one of my favorite fucking horror movies. This movie is so awesome. <laughs> uh, it starts, it, it honestly, it never really lets up. And, and a lot of horror movies, like they'll start fast and they kind of die down in the middle and they kind of lose you and, you know, lull you into some kind of like, okay, let's just get this thing fucking over with. I don't care about the storyline, whatever it is. This movie does not do that. It's just like creepy thing happened. Creepy thing happened. Creepy thing happened. Scary fucking thing. Creepy thing happened. Ominous tone. Just like, you know, twist ending. Just all kinds of crazy shit is happening all the fucking time. I love this movie. And and again, like I said, I've watched it, oh God, I don't even know how many times. The music is iconic. It's so awkward and and uncomfortable and 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 aggressive, aggressively uncomfortable. It's 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 all of that. And this movie's fucking great. I love it so much. And right off the bat, you have that weird there were, you can look up on YouTube how they like the instruments they use to make some of these these noises that they they use as the is the music and it's really creepy it's like this like looks like the world series trophy kind of uh and they use like a saw or like something to like kind of scrape off of it and it's all different like height pipes like different length pipes and they're like stacked up it's super fucking creepy but oh man that noise if i heard that <laughs> Just, oh god it's uneasy but also super cool and that's the, that's the point of this movie is to make you uncomfortable the whole time now as a father to be i'm not looking forward to half the shit 
that happens in the first half of this movie, right? There's the, we'll, we'll get there, but I know that we have one of those video uh, baby monitors, right? And we were testing it out and everything. And I just have this feeling that I'm going to see something on there that I don't want to see some night. And I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go into the bedroom and, you know, not be scared by whatever's in there or whatever I hear or whatever the kid says he sees, you know, like, Hey, there's a man in the corner of the room. Like the fuck there is, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to deal with that. Oh man, not looking forward to that. And experts say that like kids and toddlers and, and, and all that stuff, like they're a little more in touch with the paranormal, you know, than, than we are. And from what, like I've watched Nuke's Top 5 pretty religiously. It's a great channel on YouTube, paranormal uh, channel. Uh, but not like the boring one where there's like a, they, they, they take like the best of the best. Think of it as like a, I don't know, like a highlight reel of, of you know, internet uh, paranormal submissions. Yeah, um, it's great. But there's so many creepy things you see on those baby monitors or the the cctv or you know just whatever there's oh god so many creepy things not looking forward to dealing with that if i ever have to hopefully i don't have to anyway all right we're gonna jump into the movie fucking almost 14 minutes in we haven't talked about the movie barely all right so we got a you know family that moves into a house that uh that apparently doesn't want them there stop me if you've heard this one before <laughs> right amityville horror you know all that stuff the creepy factor, again, you know, there's this weird uh, unsettling music that starts with the introduction and then you're just kind of thrown right into the story with uh, Dalton. You know, the family's kind of settling in and moving into this house. They're unpacking stuff and getting things settled and little Dalton's up in the attic and he's, you know, playing and everything and it's it's creepy up there and tells his mom how he doesn't like his room and um, it's it's... The way they use the music and then you don't even realize that, that they fade it out to like draw you in. Like sometimes it's really obvious. They do a really good job here. It's just kind of like the absence of sound like draws you in and you're like, you don't even know that you're just like yearning to be scared. Right. And, um, there's some really good scenes in here. There's some really good scenes. He gets into the attic. Little Dalton gets up into the attic. And um, he's playing around up there and he falls off the ladder and he like bumps his head. But he hears this like weird un like crackling, like like something like some rigor mortis hand is like un, un you know, unfolding. <laughs> like it's clawed up and then it just kind of like unfolds. It's so unsettling. It's like the last thing you want to fucking hear in a dark attic, right? And um so he bumps his little head, he scares himself, and you know, dad goes up and rescues him. Well, little, what's that, you know, uh, nursery rhyme? Uh, old man bumped his head, didn't wake up in the morning. Well, this is Dalton. Uh, he didn't wake up <laughs> in the morning. And they take him to the hospital, and nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Uh, super sad. Don't want to think about anything like that because I got a kid on the way and uh, I don't even have like technically him in my arms and I can already see and feel myself changing how I like see and perceive things, you know, uh, 
And that's the last thing anybody want to deal with. You're just like, hey, my kid's in a coma. They're like, yeah, we don't know why. Everything looks fine. Well, see you later. And the doctor just leaves. Um, you know, so they, they, they kind of jump up a little bit here. Uh, and it's Dalton back at home. He has some home care going on now with, uh, you know, the nurse, I guess, that stops in. And he's just got like a little, you know, life support kind of machine thingy hooked up to him. And the nurse is telling him, um, you know, this is what you got to do. This is how you feed him. This is yada, yada, just going over the procedure and everything. Well, I guess mom's a, uh, a musician and, uh, she's downstairs. Now this scene, it still scares the fuck out of me every single time. It's so creepy and it's so well done. And if it happened to literally anybody, you'd be scared fucking shitless. She's downstairs playing on the piano and she hears something come across the baby monitor because the baby's upstairs sleeping. And, um, you know, she listens so intently and then it just gets louder, louder, louder. And it, dude, every time. And then as soon as the dude, you know, or whatever the entity is like, says something very loud, you know, they hit that like piano or whatever it is like super aggressively, like that sound. Right. And it's, it's so scary and it's so, it's so effective. It's so fucking good. So she talks about it later on because uh, she, she runs upstairs and there's nothing there. Uh, I don't think I can't remember. Hold on. I'm checking my notes. Give me a second here. Cause there's a scene where she does see somebody and then some uh, one where she doesn't see anybody. I don't, no, no, no. She doesn't see anybody yet. That's later. Um, and, uh, so she tells, you know, dad, when he comes home from work, and like all this shit happened, whatever, whatever's happening. Now, here's another scene that I have, uh, like, like earmarked because as the man of the house, right. Guys out there, uh, or, or ladies or, or they's or thems, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're the one that's uh, quote unquote, not scared of things <laughs> and, and there's, there's a knock at the door at three o'clock in the morning or something, uh, or 11 o'clock at night, and you're not expecting a knock at night. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, uh, that we're, we're a little scared also. Uh, so we might put on a brave face because we're brave boys and brave girls and, and brave people. Uh, but I'll be honest, we're, we're, we're a little, you know, a couple seconds from paying ourselves also. And this guy has to go down and check the door. Cause he hears a knock at the door while they're getting tucked into bed or it was like a, a doorbell or something. So he goes down, nothing's there and you see him arm the security, you know, they have like a security system and uh, he locks the door, goes back upstairs and the door bursts open and the alarm goes off. Well, you don't see the door burst open, but it does. The alarm goes off and it's one of those like high pitched, crazy fucking super uneasy. Dad comes downstairs. What the hell's going on? Sees the door wide open. So now you think somebody's in the house. Now he has to do this like room by room sweep, which is so fucking creepy. Dad's downstairs. It's like so chaotic. This, this whole scene. And we're only like maybe 15 minutes into the movie. And they're just like throwing so much at you. And you're just, you're trying to be like, what the hell is this? What is this entity that's, that's going on? And, you know, dad's downstairs sweeping. Mom walks by sees a man standing over her fucking crib, over her baby's crib. She screams and fucking dad comes upstairs. Nothing's there. 
house alarms going off again, you know, just everything is just so, you know, what is happening? Something is, is obviously happening in this house. Some, some entity does not want them there. Right. And, uh, I mean, they're setting the tone, right? They're, they're doing a hell of a job here. Old James one, old Jimmy one really set the tone here on, on being creepy and things you do not want to experience <laughs> in your house. It feels very real. You know, this, this, this first, not, I'm not a huge fan of the other insidious movies. Um, I think I got to like three and then I was just like, eh, I'm good. Uh, the first one was super creepy. Uh, and that's why we're doing this one. Um, so dad starts dreaming about some weird shit. He's like a little kid in a hallway and, you know, mom wakes up and there's somebody right outside of her window, just kind of walking back and forth. Like you can see it, but she can't. And what's really creepy is that their room is on the second floor. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, dude's in the fucking bedroom. She freaks out. I think dad was actually on the couch. So I don't know if he did something naughty or uh, just felt like sleeping downstairs. Uh, she freaks out. She's like, I've had a fucking enough. I want to move. Because that's usually, um, you know, that usually solves the problem. Abby says, okay, let's go. Let's just head on out. Let's go find a new house. They do. This first house was way cooler than their second house, but I guess this is what happens when you have to do some shit to save your family. So they move in, mom's helping move in and all that stuff. Life is good. You know, Dalton's in his room and the other kid's gone and dad's gone. Mom leaves and, uh, well, the grandmother, I guess, technically. Um, so it's just the mom again, played by Rose Byrne. Um, she's taking out some trash and again, they just, they, there's no time for this family to rest and just be like, ah, like it's over. No, no, no. It doesn't fucking stop for them. She's taking the trash out and you hear this weirdly just fucking deep dive of a, of a song come on across the radio. It's that tiny Tim uh, tiptoe through the tulips. Yeah. Try and say in that after you had a couple beers. Um <laughs> That comes across and the windows are open because she's like, you know, nice and breezy and la la la, everything's great. And she overhears it and she creeps up to the window to peer into the window to see what the fuck's going on. And there's just some little ghost kid just dancing, having a good old little boogie right in front of their fucking radio or whatever the hell he was dancing in front of. So she starts running and she keeps looking inside and he's gone. So, you know, she comes in to investigate and the kid plays a little game of hide and seek. And uh, absolutely confirms that he is fucking there. She breaks down. She's like, this thing, whatever it is, is not fucking going away. It's It followed us. So quick side note, I'm going to take a sip of beer. And I'm going to tell you a, a dumb little story. So uh, my brother used to have these parties when he was in college. And uh, he went to Point Park in Pittsburgh. And he lived in Oakland um, up by McGee Women's Hospital. And all of his friends, not all of them, but a good group of them lived within a couple houses or blocks of, of where he lived. So parties were easy, you know, it was either at their buddy's friend, buddy's friends, <laughs> their buddy's house or their other friend's house or whatever it was. We used to do these things called house crawls. And, you know, you start at one house, drink that, 
house out of its signature house drink. And then you walk to the next one and do it until you were fucking hammered and couldn't feel anything. So, um, Josh is, I don't know if it let off. No, it didn't lead off. This was like the fourth stop. Um, that was my brother, by the way, shout out, buddy. Um, his house, I can't remember what it was, but I was in charge of making the, uh, the Halloween playlist. And I had just seen this movie. So this is right around 2010. I put it on like, you know, my Apple iPod, brought my little Bose dock, you know, sound dock or whatever. And I set it up and I remember like people being in the kitchen, like ready for music. And I was like, okay, you guys ready? And I hit play and it was the tiny Tim song, right? The tiptoe window. My... And <laughs> nobody knew what the fuck it was. And I'm like, right? Insidious? And nobody fucking knew it. I look like a big idiot, just a big, stupid idiot in front of fucking everybody. And I just like skipped it and went to like thriller or whatever. I don't really know what I was going for, but you know, I figured what the hell, let's have some fun. Uh, then that's when you realize that not everybody is as diehard a horror fan as you are. Um, it's one of those self-realization moments. Anyway, um, back to the family that's getting haunted. Um, Mom wants to call a priest. Priest? A priest? Not a Prius. Not a Toyota. Uh, a priest. To, to <laughs> emphasize. Um, on the T. Not emphasize. What's the word I'm looking for? Enunciate? There we go. Um, time to call a priest. Bring the priest over. Guy comes in. Not enough. He's like, I, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. So they call a medium and they bring in this little like dorky research team. And, you know, the one guy's like, yeah, we do this. We do that. And they have all this little gear and all this shit. And it's kind of like adorable. Uh, but dude sees something in the room and he's like, call. And I can't remember what the hell her name is, but like, call her now. So it's serious. It's like very serious. I'm sure they, you know, in their world, they probably get called out to a bunch of different things and they're like, yeah, we'll go check it out. No, it's nothing. It's just like you know, leaky pipes in your wall or whatever the hell it is. But this is real. So there's, where, where the fuck? Okay. I got lost again. So the husband, you know, doesn't want to deal with, you know, he thinks it's all too much. Things aren't going right. He doesn't want to go down this path. His wife calls uh, the husband's mother over and sits him down. And this scene coming up is they're sitting at this like dining room table kind of thing. And she starts telling him about like these experiences that he had as, as, as a kid, uh, similar to what, um, well, Dalton is experiencing, who is, who is his son. And there's this infamous uh, jump scene where, you know, they just go back and forth showing, you know, mom talking, son listening, mom talking, son listening, mom talking, Darth Maul. And <laughs> it ruins it. Like there, there had to have been a scarier design that they could have come up with. For me, this guy is just not scary. Now the timing and in in the placement, fucking terrifying. Scared the shit out of me. Still does. But the character design itself, you know, when you look at it, it's just kind of like a, you know, like an old dirty broom. His hair, and then he's got a red and black face, and he's got some goat legs. Not really scary, right? So I don't really know what he's. I guess he's the devil, because uh, it's kind of 
what the devil? I don't know, man. Uh, but he's just, he's kind of laughable. And that's part of the reason why this isn't a 10 out of 10 for me. So, um, let's jump down here. What are we looking for? How are you guys doing today? How's everything going in your world? 20 minutes in. Oh my God. Yeah, this is going to be a little longer one anyway, because we did, uh, we did that extra beer. Um, you know, tasting. So technically we're only like 20 minutes in on the actual review, but regardless, we're going to get, uh, through probably the rest of it in the next 10, 12 minutes, I would say. So buckle up buttercups. He finally gives in the dad, the husband, you know, he gives in, he says, fine, let's get this fucking medium over here. She comes over, you know, I haven't seen you since you were a boy and just the weird kind of, interactions keep you know he's like okay you know when you were like a like a teenager or like you were in high school or even now um you'll go to like a family function and you'll see some like weird aunt or something and you're like i used to wipe your butt when you were a baby like why the fuck are you telling me this i don't care what does this have to do with anything like I have a receding hairline now. I don't know why this is relevant, why you're telling me. It's kind of creepy, uh, but it, it's, not, it's not quite the same vibe, but you get my point. It's just, you know, I haven't seen you since you were a kid. And he's like, I don't fucking know who you are, lady. And so she goes into uh, Dalton's bedroom. And what I like about this movie, so it without that Darth Maul jump scene, if they had just like maybe placed this later in the movie or just, a different jump scene, a different character, a different looking entity. Um, you know, they bring the medium in. She's very nice and she's sweet. She's like a, like a grandma figure, like a, like an older aunt or something, you know, just very nurturing, very nice. And she gets into Dalton's room and she's looking around and then she kind of like slowly looks up to the ceiling and the peak of the roof and it's dark. And she just tells her assistant, she just starts going and going and going. And dude's just scribbling down faster and faster and faster. And things get more chaotic and all this stuff. And she's clearly seeing something that nobody else fucking sees. Mom gets mad that she's got fucking, you know, left out of all this. And she's like, enough. And she like grabs the notebook and sees what she described and what you saw earlier, which is Darth Maul. And he's just, you know, apparently all Spider-Man up on the ceiling. So she turns the light on. Of course, nothing's there. But the fact that somebody else sees something in your house that's fucking with you and you can't see it, that's fucking terrifying, right? Like, that would be awful. <laughs> I wouldn't want to deal with that shit. So, good luck sleeping after all that, right? Like, <laughs> like the... You look at it from a like a movie perspective where like, okay, we go to the next scene, but like in real life, if somebody had come over, you know, that lady's, you know, leaving that night and it's like, well, we have to go to bed and there's a demon above our son's bed. Like, how the fuck do you go to bed? How do you do that? You don't. Jesus. Uh, anyway, so they decide to like listen to her and all this stuff and they talk about, you know, him being in another realm and they have to go find the body and yada yada and bring him or find his soul essentially, and bring it back to his body because demons are trying to get into the body, which is a cool concept, right? You know, that, that you can you can leave and somebody else will, you know, enter you. Uh -huh. No, like enter your body. Um, 
that's a cool concept. Now, the way they, they kind of uh, execute, well, we'll get there anyway. So now that, that the dad's on board and all this stuff, they want to take things a step further. They want to see if they can communicate with Dalton in the place called the Further. And they do this seance kind of thing where the uh, the lady puts on a World War II gas mask and then breathes into the guy's ears because he's got like headphones on. Um, and they have like a like a foolproof setup where or some kind of sensor thing set up where if any kind of uh, entity or whatever makes makes an appearance in the room, a light will flash. Right. If there's some kind of like negative energy. Um it'll it'll flash and and all that stuff so she goes under and she's getting a couple messages you know like help me you know mommy and daddy like i need help and you know it's very heartbreaking but it gives you hope that he's still there and then uh old darth maul gets on the podium and on the microphone and starts taking over and she starts convulsing and the lights start going crazy and all this stuff and things go nuts and she, he's screaming obscenities and things they can't show in a PG-13 movie. And Next thing you know, Dalton's standing there and does a little mic drop motion and sends everybody fucking flying away from the table. Some kind of weird like force push, right? There's a Star Wars reference for everybody and fucking everything goes all over the room. Right. Dude's just like hanging out on the floor and he's off his medication and his like tubes and all that stuff. Apparently he's fine. Uh, he's not, you know, but anyway, so all this stuff is super creepy, right? It just, there's no, there's no downtime in this movie. It just goes and goes and goes, you know, fucking hundred miles an hour. So they proposed to dad because he has been there before. <clears throat> They propose that dad goes under and tries to find Dalton. Now, cool concept, right? Where there's this like other realm where people can, you know, uh, fade away to and, you know, get lost. And then somebody else takes over your body and lives a life through your body. <laughs> You're the vessel. Um, it'd be weird if that happened like in your dream, you know, like you fell asleep one night and you just like didn't wake up. But like your body woke up and it was somebody else, <laughs> but you're just like somewhere else. Oh, that was a weird thought. I don't know why that just happened. Anyway, so he agrees to go into the further and uh, try to go find his son. And it's real foggy. It's like basically the upside down, very similar to what like the Stranger Things is, um, except less uh, floaty things, but same color scheme and uh, the lighting isn't as good, but, um, so he, you know, navigates through and he's calling out to his kid and all that stuff. He finally finds him. There's like a, a kind of cool, creepy scene with, uh, like this, you know, American family from like the fifties and they're all posed kind of like mannequins and their eyes are all big and big smiles. And then they like recreate like a murder scene that happens. And I guess it's in the original house. I think it is, uh, but anyway, so he goes to find his son and he sees Darth Maul up there listening to Tiny Tim again. And he's like sharpening his fucking nails and all this stuff. And, you know, so it's a race to get back to the medium. And um, 
they're running and running and running and they're fighting through people and they're calling to, you know, the, the, the people back in the, the regular world are calling, you know, come on, come back to us, all this stuff, yada, yada. And right before dad and, and Dalton get back to their bodies in, in the real world, he gets sidetracked. He sees a woman in a veil, which they show in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, she's super creepy. She's just like all black, you know, got a veil over her face, rotten face, rotten teeth, all this stuff. And he says, he recognizes her and he like calls her out. And, uh, so it jumps. Dalton comes back to, uh, he comes back to life. Everybody's okay. There's like this nice moment where everybody's like packing up and we finally made it. Dad comes out to thank the medium and the medium kind of looks at him and, uh, you know, shakes his hand. And she gets this look on on her face and she takes a picture of him and he gets super mad and he fucking chokes her and chokes her and chokes her and chokes her. And because it's, well, really the only one, uh, I mean, I got to use it. I, I have the drop. I have to use it. It's our kill of the week. <laughs> yeah, not our best kill of the week, but it's a kill of the week. Uh, yeah, the medium gets killed. What the fuck? Um, he, the husband, uh, strangles her to death and, uh, you don't know why the wife comes in, finds out what's going on and, uh, she grabs a, a photo. Like, I guess it was a, a Polaroid where she's looking on, I can't recall if it's a, like a digital phone and sees or digital phone, <laughs> digital camera. Cause this was 2010. Um, pulls up and sees that it's the old lady and as she realizes that her husband is not in the house anymore he comes up behind her and says i'm right here and that's how they end the movie so there isn't a happy ending it's just like it starts creepy it fucking ends creepy the only part that i'm not a huge fan of is that weird further part like it's a cool concept it just the way they did it and and i could have done without like there's like a dracula guy that pops up he looks like fucking who's the guy from the misfits glenn danzig i feel like there's like that guy i could do without him uh and darth maul's you know weird design maybe maybe you know maybe change up his design a little bit but they didn't and they got five more fucking movies out of it so what do i know uh <laughs> but regardless this it doesn't take away from the movie that much nine and a half out of ten this movie you know so fucking creepy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I actually put a note down <laughs> that after I watched, I watched this last weekend and uh, late at night and I shut it off and I just sat in my living room and all the dogs are asleep. My wife's asleep. All the lights are out. It's like one o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. And uh, I kept like looking behind me. Like I was like something was there. You know what I mean? And I mean, for a movie to still that I've seen so many times to still have that effect on me, you know, is just incredible. Uh, and that just goes to show you that this is an all-time great, in my opinion. Um, it's very iconic. And uh, just tone, you know, the the music's great, the score's great, the fucking scenes are great, the sounds are great, everything, you know, start to finish. And 
And I think that's why we watch these movies, right? We're always chasing that next high, that next creepy, you know, like I don't, why, you know, why, why do I want to sit here and, and be afraid? <laughs> you know, when you think about it, there's so many animals, you know, in, on this planet that live their day just to live that day, right? Just to find food, to avoid predators and all that stuff. We don't have that. We're the apex predator on the planet. I'm safe in my house and that's not enough for me. No, I, I want to watch something that scares the shit out of me. And I know I'm not the only one. Why are we like this? Guys, why are we like this? Why do we do this to ourselves? Okay, and with that, we are done with our review of Insidious 2010. Um, yeah. So, a little longer, but I hope you guys enjoyed the Pittsburgh Hayes Beer Showdown. We're going to be doing some more of these in the future. Might change it up. Might do some, like, uh, blind taste tests on the malt liquors or something. You know, just, you know, I don't know, anything anything fun just to keep it interesting. Um, not sure what we're going to watch next week. Uh, I do have some things lined up. I just scooped some stuff from the exchange. Um, we got the fourth kind. We got the saw collection one through fucking however many now. And, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose. And if we do that, I want to try to do something a little special for that episode because it is so fucking terrifying. The real story of that. And we'll cover a little bit about that in that episode but general braddock's gotta hand it to you brew gentlemen you guys killed it this beer is my favorite haze in the city apparently um followed yeah old bane of existence there in Lusha. but again like i said none of these beers are bad they're all fucking great we're spoiled here in the city uh and again this is my personal preference you know why don't you guys go try them and uh let us know what you think on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever the hell you want to let me know. Anyway, um, I'm getting tired. It's almost midnight. I'm fucking beat. Uh, I got to stop doing these at night on Friday because I'm fucking tired. But, you know, I think I shut my mouse off. I did. It's it's not dead. Okay, I thought it was dead for a second. But regardless, you guys have a good weekend. And we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers.